0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Do you need a CPA that you can trust with all your taxes and financial needs? Look no further than Joanne Flash Fleming at Fleming & Associates CPA. For more info, go to FlashFleming.com or email Joanne directly at J O A N N F L E M I N G at FlashFleming.com.
2: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry. Inside the battle over school food and beyond, find us at heritageradionetwork.org.
3: Good evening and welcome to a very special presentation on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host Katie Mosman Wadler, I'm the executive director of HRN, and my guest tonight is Chef Daniel Porbiansky of Century House Tavern in Woodstock, Georgia. Uh, Chef Porbiansky has worked under some of the best chefs in the business, such as the James Beard Foundation Award winners Gunter Seeger, and Quatrano, Clifford Harrison, and many more. And tomorrow, he will be honoring those who mentioned, mentored him Excuse me, with a dinner at the Beard House titled, Menu to My Mentors. And each dish is going to be inspired by and in homage to one of the chefs who taught Porbiansky and displays the diversity and specificity of the talents that he learned there. Chef Daniel, thank you so much for joining us tonight.
4: Well, thanks for having me, Katie. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you.
3: <laughs> and you really trekked through a pretty epic snowstorm to join us today. So I really want to thank you very deeply for making it out to Bushwick, Brooklyn. We're here in the back of Roberta's restaurant on Fantastic. a very cold and blustery day. <laughs>
4: yeah. Well, it wasn't easy to get here, but we're really glad that we're here. Awesome. So, thank you.
3: Um, well, I would love to jump right in and talk a little bit about your menu for the beer dinner tomorrow. Um, could you tell us about one of the dishes that you're most excited about serving?
4: Um, pretty excited about the beef cheek goulash. Um, I, I learned that one when I was working in Germany back in the 90s, early 90s, and uh, we did beef cheek for 500 people, and to watch the chef prepare that was pretty amazing, and of course, I, being the low guy on the totem pole, had to clean all those beef cheeks, which uh, (laughs) takes a lot of time. And uh, to watch the final product was pretty impressive, so I'm I'm pretty excited to see that one.
3: Wow. Uh, How is this scale going to compare to that night in Germany?
4: Uh, Let's hope it's just as good. I hope. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think it's pretty good.
3: And um, who inspired that dish, and what's the little bit of the... The meaning there.
4: Uh, that was Dieter Mueller, and I worked in Germany. Uh, my my original mentor, Gunter Seeger, uh, managed to get me a job with him over in Europe at his restaurant at the Schloss Hotel, Lerbach. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was difficult to go over there. I uh, didn't speak too much German when I went. Shame on me. And But once I got there, I made some friends. I went to school and learned uh, enough to get... You know, in the kitchen, so forth. And then, I'll never forget, I started in pastry because the pastry chef spoke really good English, so it was natural for me to start there. But then, after six months, I got to go to the fish station, which is where the chef worked, Chef Dieter. And my partner, uh, Frank, but Frank got sick. So, for quite a while, about six weeks' worth, I was by myself with the chef, and really got somewhat bonded, if you can, with a chef, but... um, uh, i was kind of i depended on him on a daily basis to help me during service and during the day i pretty much was on my own doing prep but um doing that dish was just like wow 500 goulash this is cool and i never let that one go so wow yeah
3: are there any dishes on the menu that you think will be surprising or new for the diners at the beard house
4: mm. Probably not. I don't know. Maybe just the way the things are put together, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all ingredients that I'm sure people have had before. Um, just presented in, you know, I've worked with so many chefs. Uh, there's, there's, I know I give homage to each chef in a certain course, but they all become part of that dish at the end when it finally, as, as I serve it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, uh-huh. um, It's a total conglomeration of all of them, Um, plus my own, you know, what I like. So Mm -hmm. Um, hopefully hopefully it'll come across as a fantastic dinner.
3: I'm so excited. Yeah. um, Um, Which dish do you think does um, the most to capture the influence from all of your mentors?
4: Well, all of them, probably the pig head terrine. There's a little bit of everybody in that one. Um, And part, it, that, that's probably the one, and probably the halibut dish as well, has got a little piece of everybody, mm-hmm. um, even the creme caramel, I mean, it, it's, part of it's Le and part of it's bacchanalian and part of it's Chef Seeger, and part of it's me, just, it's my favorite dessert, and I, you'll see why when, when you try it tomorrow, I hope.
3: <laughs> okay, um, and you've been the executive chef at Century House Tavern for four years,
4: Four years in April. Yes.
3: How is your menu there inspired by some of the same chef mentors that you're honoring in this dinner?
4: Well, we're Sentry House Tavern is a much more s- simple concept compared. I've, as you, th- these are all like Michelin starred chefs that I've. It's been fine dining my whole career, mm-hmm. and so now the tavern is um, definitely much more casual. But all the techniques I've learned from all of these chefs and the respect for the farmers that they've taught me and networking of farmers and producers of the food um, and just little bits and pieces. Uh, I definitely instilled the the quality got instilled in me. So I'm going to say I have the best seafood in the area. I'm going to say I have the best produce in the area because that's how you make a great dish. You have great, great products to start with because mm-hmm. if you have mediocre products, you can't make a great dish. So um they all that sourcing taught me um how to do the food the right way and like in germany the the trucks would pull up to the chef and they would offer a truck of seafood you know they didn't they didn't have to go to the market they came to them or the the cheese man at tantris would come up and have a truck full of cheese or same with the truffles or they, they came to your back door and you picked mm-hmm. what you wanted. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty cool. Um, I don't have quite that luxury, but I do have a great network network of farmers that do the same thing. So,
3: pretty cool. cool. It's pretty so, neat. so, if you don't have the fish man and the truffle man coming to your door in Woodstock, but how nope. have you developed some of those purveyor relationships? Or are there any, in particular, where you have a really uh, strong personal relationship?
4: Um, most of these guys I've been dealing with for the last... Over 20 years, just through Annie and Cliff, and through Gunter. Um, I mean, they're between the two of them. I worked for those those individuals for about 20 years in Atlanta. So you carry those same salespeople with you when you go somewhere else. They they want to stick you with somebody else because it's their territory. But you got used to that uh, salesperson, and you know, I I try to keep them when I can. Mm -hmm. So.
3: And when you're starting with these really terrific ingredients, you talk a lot about um, treating them well. Yes. And what, what does that mean? Can you talk a little bit about how the handling of the ingredients and, and like the feeling that goes into treating them well translates to the dining experience?
4: Well, you get... Nichelle comes in with these beautiful collard greens, mm-hmm. okay? And you don't just throw them on the table, and you don't just throw them in a box. You you take care of them, they're gentle. Somebody worked really hard to make those as beautiful as they are, and I want to give them the respect by treating their ingredients with respect and not doing too much to them, you know, let, let the product speak for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, same with the seafood. You know, you get a great scallop, you don't have to do much to it. You want to get a nice sear on it and serve it with something that Nichelle brought in the door yeah. um, or that Liz Porter brought in the door or somebody. Um, so it's... It's the same but different, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just a little smaller place. And we're, we're not in downtown Atlanta, so we're about 30 miles north. Um, but I like it out there. It's, it's kind of nice. So. Cool. Uh,
3: so it's February right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the growing season up here is... Uh, We don't have too much going on out of doors, but, you know, around New York, we do have a lot of really cool urban agriculture happening, indoor agriculture and rooftop agriculture. So we have some greens coming in that are local um, and always the seafood market is really good around here. I'm wondering where you are in Woodstock, Georgia. Is there anything local in season right now, or what are some really special ingredients that you've been able to have access to in this cold month?
4: Yeah, winter's a tough one, um, even in Georgia, uh, because we do get very cold temperatures, and uh, right now it's a lot of sweet potatoes and butternut squash and spaghetti squash and the braising greens, the kale, the collards, the mustard greens, the rutabaga tops, root vegetables like rutabagas and turnips and uh, we have even had broccoli recently and you know you just you hope somebody's gonna come in your back door with something really cool so um and then you try and work with that because that's what's there so
3: how frequently is your menu changing at century house tavern
4: well we do menu changes every thursday mm-hmm. uh we do a three-course special every friday and sometimes that'll carry it to saturday if we don't sell out but mm-hmm. um that's kind of where we get to play around with some ideas that might make it to the menu mm-hmm. um so it, it it can change weekly but right now it's probably been the same the last few weeks um just based on there's not much change coming out there in what i'm able to get from the farmers um And also, I've been concentrating on this dinner for James Beard. So, honestly, (laughs) a lot of my energy has been going to this dinner. So, um, you know, when we get back, spring will be starting. The the Vidalia spring bulbs will be in. Oh,
3: wow.
4: Pretty much when I get back next week, it'll Mm -hmm. be time for the spring onion bulbs. And that's—then the chefs get excited because spring is just around the corner. But that's one of the first things you get in the spring, so— um, then the menu will start changing and will incorporate as different things come in um, something else that 's not from Georgia, but I love the Florida strawberries mm. and they 're peaking right now in in Florida and they 're a deeper red than your regular californias and they 're closer to Georgia of course um, and actually they 're featured on the menu tomorrow you'll get to try those, but uh yeah, so work with what you have and hopefully spring won't be too much longer so that's
3: right (laughs) okay well we're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor and when we come back i want to talk to you a little bit more about the kind of local ingredient ethos and we'll chat a little bit more about dinner tomorrow
4: okay sounds great
1: Filing your own taxes and driving yourself crazy? Do you think a professional can do a better job of finding legal deductions? Do you own a business and need help with the accounting and taxes? Are you a not-for-profit business that needs financial guidance? Are you just plain tired of your boring accountant and looking for some fresh eyes? Try Fleming and Associates CPA. At Fleming and Associates, Joanne Flash Fleming can quantify anything in a flash. She'll do your taxes, assess your worth, and is even a forensic accountant. An investigator of white collar crime.
2: Joanne Fleming once said, It was terribly hard for me to read Moby Dick, but put a financial statement or texture in front of me, it's like a novel.
1: Imagine that. Has the political and financial news got you feeling down? Joanne Fleming was the accountant for the Occupy Wall Street movement back in 2010. Who better to trust with your financial secrets? For more info, go to FlashFleming.com or email Joanne directly. J O A N N F L E M I N G at FlashFleming.com.
3: Alright, thanks. Uh, another big shout out to Flash. She got me out of some binds today in QuickBooks, so I can personally vouch for the excellence of her accounting. Everybody should hire Flash Fleming to do their taxes.
4: <laughs> so she uh, work in
3: Georgia? I bet she would for you, Chef. Um, once again, my name is Katie Mosman-Wadler. We're here with a very special feature on Heritage Radio Network. Uh, we have with us in the studio Chef Daniel Porbiansky of Century House Tavern in Woodstock, Georgia. Georgia. Georgia, who is doing a wonderful Beard House dinner tomorrow night titled Menu to My Mentors. And that's going to be featuring dishes based on his work with all of the chefs that he's worked with throughout his career and inspired him um, to achieve um, his excellent um, position at Century House Tavern. And he's really, really focused on local ingredients. So we're here to chat a little bit more about that. Welcome back, Daniel.
4: Thank you. Thanks. Glad to be here.
3: Um, so we talked, you mentioned this earlier, um, your location with Century House Tavern is, um, a little closer to home, a little further out of the city than where you've worked in the past. Yes. And how are you liking that?
4: I love it. Um, Atlanta is pretty sprawled out. Mm -hmm. Uh, New York's real concentrated, but 30 miles is really not that far, but there's a perimeter highway called 285 and you're either... Inside the perimeter, or your OTP, which is outside the perimeter, <laughs> and that's where we are. So, um, a lot of people don't come out there, but a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I live in Woodstock and have for since 2000. So, um, the opportunity to not drive to the city every day was fantastic. And uh, you know, I get to see my kids more. They can come in the back door anytime they want. Say, hey, Dad, <laughs> how's it going? Um,
3: How old are your kids? Uh,
4: 2017. 15 and 13.
3: Oh, you got quite a few.
4: The little 13 year old says she wants to be a chef. so She comes and hangs out on Sundays for a couple hours and does prep and a little cooking with dad. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. What a cool cool. opportunity. Yes, very much so.
3: Are there any real functional differences as far as, um, what you're doing in the restaurant or who's coming out, uh, based on the location change or, or how are you finding that?
4: Uh, we still get our foodies coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've, I've learned out in Woodstock We have to make the portions a little bigger Than we would inside the city And we have to charge a little less mm-hmm. um, For the same product that you might get 35 bucks for in the city You really can only charge 28 or 29 Because um, people won't buy it okay. um, Trial and error basically is how it came about yeah. But um, So we save money elsewhere And still you know, The food costs a little more but we save on our paper products And things like this and, you know, In order to balance it out or whatever Um, But And working in the city, you know, I I grew up with, like I said, Gunter and Annie as my chefs in Clifford and having their farmers and so forth. They don't really come out to Woodstock. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've had to create my own network of farmers out in Woodstock. And, you know, a lot of it I owe to Liz Porter. She's a local farmer who does my grits, which are the best grits I've ever had in my life. Um, But she introduced me to a lot of the people at the Woodstock Farmers Market that we have in season twice a week, and that's where I've met a lot of people, and a lot of people, hey, take it to Daniel, because he'll buy it. You know, they'll come into your back door, they'll call and say, hey, I've got this, do you want that? So, it's, it's kind of word of mouth is spreading that he'll buy it, mm-hmm. he'll buy your stuff. So, um, it, uh, that's kind of neat, too.
3: That's awesome. And uh, you sent up some ingredients for dinner tomorrow from Woodstock?
4: There's a few um, The last of the Georgia apples Mm -hmm. Which pretty much ended about a month ago But we saved some Just for this dinner Um, The pecans are from Georgia Of course The local oyster oyster mushrooms That are going to be with the Springer chicken dish Mm -hmm. Amazing These people just walked in It was like Friday at 5.30 Like service had already started And they're bringing samples of their mushroom And usually I won't let anybody in the door Yeah at that time because that's Friday night special and you know there's chaos in the kitchen and we're, you know we're getting ready to, to rock and roll and they just walk in with these beautiful oyster mushrooms I mean they had like five different color and varieties of them and I ended up taking 15 minutes sitting there talking to them and now mm. look at that lo and behold they're at the James Beard house with <laughs> 25 pounds of their mushrooms you know because wow. I want to feature them they're so beautiful that's um, amazing and they're about they're in Jasper slash L J, which is probably I don't know 25 30 minutes from the restaurant to the mm-hmm. north um but you know that's something that's that's pretty close by and um the florida strawberries of course they're from florida they're not from georgia but the georgia strawberries won't start until probably late march yeah pretty soon because um, it goes florida and then georgia and works its way up like with everything but um and the sweet potatoes are from michelle those are they're the best sweet potatoes i don't know they're just amazing i don't i don't know how else to say it uh so, yeah, I tried to use a lot of Georgia things for this dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they may not be in season up here, but that's kind of what I'm getting in Georgia. So, um, you know, and I'm proud of where I'm from. So,
3: yeah, my awesome.
4: whole family is from upstate New York, but I settled in Atlanta back in 74. So, um, you know, be proud to be Georgia. You know? Awesome. That's okay. And I love being back in the city.
3: And it's a little ironic that your ingredients had to like battle through an epic snowstorm tonight, but it sounds like everything got here. So I think all speak. my
4: boxes got here. Um, nice um, we're, we're minus a couple people, but they're they're trying to get here by tomorrow for the yeah. dinner. Um, but it was it was trying getting up here, mm-hmm. but it uh, hopefully everything arrived just fine, and it, I, I anticipate the dinner to go very well tomorrow.
3: I'm sure it will. And, so, somebody someday might um, do a Beard House dinner in honor of their mentors, and when you end up on that list, what kind of dish would you hope that that person would make in your honor?
4: Oh my gosh. I wasn't ready for that one. Um, you know, there's a couple of the guys I brought today are people that I've worked for. I assembled a team of people that I've worked with that, that I get along with well and that I respect and. That respect me, and and hopefully one day, you know, they'll look at me in the light that I look at my mentors. And time will tell, of course, but uh, the dish, ooh, I don't know. I mean, I taught Brett how to make this beef cheek goulash. He's the only one who saw it made, so it's, it's interesting that that would be interesting if he decided to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we spent six hours preparing that dish. Wow. Before it even got on the stove. Wow. Just the two of us. It was <laughs> from. That that took us pretty much from midnight to 3 a.m. one morning, and to get it on the stove, and then of course I had to cook for another three hours. But um, <laughs> you know, we got to add the finishing herbs and spices at the end. But it's uh, um, you know maybe a dish like that would be kind of cool. Amazing. Yeah.
3: Cool. Um, I wanted to give you a chance to shout out some of the team members and people who are joining you up here this weekend. Uh, for the Beard House dinner. I know that um, you had a lot of support along the way.
4: Yes, I did. Um, you know, uh, th- you want me to list those people that are with me? Can I do that? Yeah. Um, Andy Carson, who I used to work with at Bacchanalia. Um, Brad Norton, who used to work um, for me at Century House, and then we sent him to Bacchanalia, and now he's at Fig in Charleston. So hes he was the one I was telling you about the goulash dish. And uh, Seth Friedman, who... I met at Bacchanalia the second time I was there. Who taught me how to cook, cook? a lot of the food that I'm preparing now in in the more casual atmosphere. And he, I have nothing but respect for that guy. He, you know, he's like, oh, I can't believe I'm showing. I'm like, you showed me a lot of stuff, you know. And um, then Catherine, who's our assistant manager, and um, has never been to New York before. Neither has Brett, so they were both very excited about that. Catherine does great work with us at Century House, and uh, she's been kind of like in charge of all the other stuff. I'm doing the food and she's taking care of less stress for me of the transportation and hotel rooms and making sure that the deadlines are met to here and there. And Mm -hmm. um, Ross Coleman, who um, works with me at the restaurant, um, loves Century House and what we do. And he's become a very good friend. And as soon as he heard I was going to get to go, he put his name in the hat right off the bat. He was the first one to say, hey, I want to go. I'm like, okay, you're going. so I got a great team assembled, and I owe a lot to um, Ted Nelson and Matt Wong from Gumbo Marketing. Hi um, guys. I hope they're listening. If you are, <laughs> thank you guys. I, I can't thank you enough for helping make this happen. Um, I think you had a lot to do with this, um, but and I and I appreciate that they they like my food and um, you know uh, I want to thank Gunter Seeger because. I want to thank all my mentors, but Gunter was the first one that took a chance on a young kid who didn't have a whole lot of experience and molded me into something that he wanted me to be or what I could be or aspire to be. And um, without him, I would not be sitting here in this room because he was almost like a father figure to me. Mm. Um, And he taught me how to respect... The ingredients right off the bat, and then Annie continued that relationship and the beautiful produce from her own farm um, and seeing how the German operated. And then when I worked at Le Bernardin under Gilbert, I mean, back when Gilbert, this is way before Eric, which I'm sorry I never got a chance to work for Eric, but because um, uh, he's quite amazing as well. Um, but to see a restaurant do 450 covers. And still be a Michelin star. I mean, it was not Michelin star back then, but it was four stars, New York Times. And to see how you can do fine dining in volume like that. I'd never been in a kitchen where there were 32 chefs. Yeah. It was amazing. (laughs) Like there were 14 during the day, 16 at night or 16 during the day and 14 at night. I can't remember which It's a long time ago, but um, to see how that works and work flawlessly. Mm
2: -hmm.
4: I mean, you have three Mm seatings and. You know when you make your reservation, you got an hour and a half to eat. Well, that's great, but the kitchen has to put the food out that fast, too. Yes. We'd have seatings of 180 people, and it would just clockwork wow. every night. Every night. So, anyway. Um, you know, and I want to thank Century House Tavern and everybody there, because without them, I can't do what I do. It's not, it's not me. You know, it's everybody working together to make the dream happen. So,
3: yeah. Um, well, that's really beautiful thank you and I you also too. want to shout them out as well for making it possible for you to come up here to New York we're so glad to have you here thank really you really looking forward to dinner tomorrow and uh, it sounds like the weather's going to cooperate for you from now on so I hope so should hope be so. no stress from here on out um, so I would just love to close with a little section we like to call big ups big and ups. this is your chance to give a shout out to an organization or a person in the food space who you think is just doing great work
4: um organization have to be the giving kitchen uh it's a special organization created five years ago um uh chefs and restaurant people alike really a lot of restaurants don't offer insurance because they're small time and they're not a big corporation and a lot of times chefs don't get the attention that they need medical wise and the giving kitchen helps with grants when you have tragedy happen and they help pay your bills it's kind of like a they don't pay your medical bills, but they pay, like, your house payment or your mm-hmm. gas payment, you know, so you can go get your treatments and not worry about losing your house. And, um, you know, I think it's a fantastic organization. I've been involved since day one with them, and I hope to continue that relationship because it's— they just passed giving out over a million dollars in grants wow. this past—gosh, it's within, like, the last six weeks, I think. Incredible. Um, it's pretty amazing, and uh, it's just—it's real special to me, that one. All
3: so. right. Power to you thank you so much thank you well that brings us to the end of our segment thank you chef daniel for being with us tonight thank you to everyone from century house tavern for letting us borrow him for the weekend thank
4: you for allowing thank you for having me and i'm looking forward to doing this i'm honored i'm humbled i get goosebumps when i talk about it so you'll actually get to be there tomorrow and eat so that's fantastic i can't wait to hear your Feedback. I can't uh,
3: wait. I'm so excited. I
4: look forward to it. It's going to be awesome.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again. Thanks, everyone, Thank for listening to Heritage Radio Network. We are a 501c3 member-supported nonprofit, so we would love it if you could head over to heritageradionetwork.org and consider making a gift of support by clicking on the beating heart on the top right of our website. While you're there, you can check out shows from our archive with over 10,000 episodes everything you could possibly want to know about the world of food. We have something for everyone. So please make use of our search function. And uh, thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with you soon.